0: going Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys Alex and Ryan. Today we're discussing the idea and the concept of maybe trading for Ian Happ this upcoming summer. You know, we know the left field position is kind of in flux right now. We know that it's kind of Aaron Hicks versus Oswaldo Cabrera and it kind of feels as though it's an underwhelming position battle. Like We're, we're high on on Oswaldo Cabrera. We think he can be a, a decent player, but offensively, um, we don't know what his ceiling is. We don't know where he's going to land. Probably isn't going to be mind-blowing. He's going to offer some good defense. Um, but at the end of the day, the Yankees may want to utilize him as a super utility option and go in the direction of a much more you know established a commodity, and someone that can really help us push toward a World Series appearance. I, I love Cabrera. I think he's has a, he's going to be a great player, but I don't think he's going to be the significant difference maker we may need in left field. So the Yankees could take a similar post they did this past summer when they traded for Andrew Benintendi, you know, a rental for a couple months, and essentially bringing on a very uh, good player who could really give the team a boost. Now, Ian Happ of the Chicago Cubs, you know, their star outfielder over there, is going to be a free agent in 2024, and they may be willing to sell on him before this season ends just to get some value back you know if they let him walk whatever it might be it also gives the Yankees the first rights to try and extend him before the season ends so it's possible they look oh you know we really like Ian Happ the Yankees have been connected him Uh, to him a lot in the past really really solid player we're going to talk about him what he would bring to this team and why you know cash might be playing this conservatively because because he knows there will be other opportunities down the line when it really matters instead of just going and, and and making a big risk taking a big risk early and prematurely uh before the season really even gets started here but ryan before we dive into ian happ what the yankees and brian cashman might be trying to do in left field here how you do today my friend
1: I'm doing great. You know, when looking at Ian Happ and kind of looking at the New York Yankees, um, Ian Happ was someone that was kind of discussed a little bit last deadline, but uh, he ended up not getting moved. The Yankees settled for Andrew Benintendi, and the Cubs didn't even trade, uh, you know, Ian Happ. Two things are going to play a factor into this. Number one, how good are the Cubs going to be next year? Um, You know, we know that the Cubs are a team that even you know the year that they had that big fire sale, you know, they were a team that was in the wild card hunt and then kind of had a bad week and then they were like, you know what, this we need to recoup value, let's recoup value. But they've also shown that they believe the competitive balance pick is pretty valuable. So uh, you know, with Wilson Contreras, they did not trade him; they were uh, perfectly fine taking uh, the uh, competitive balance pick instead of uh, getting a prospect. So um, Ian Happ could be someone that there are. Two re- those are two reasons right there that he could potentially not be moved. The Cubs team that could be competitive. They made some additions this offseason. Um, You know, the pitching staff is looking to take a big leap. And then number two, of course, the Cubs might value a competitive balance pick that he get uh, via the qualifying offer if he were to leave, um, you know, and also they could just want to extend him, right? So uh, there are a couple of factors here, but if he were to become available, and again, I think if the Cubs were out of it and they got the right offer, they would take it. Um, Ian Happ is kind of that a, a really nice fit for the Yankees. You know, he, he's a very, he was a very good defensive left fielder last year, you know, kind of in years past hasn't been a great defensive center fielder. Uh, he finally got some time uh, permanently in left field in his career, 18 defensive runs saved, one out to average of 6.6 UZR per 150. Um, you know, he's, he's a pretty solid outfielder defensively in se- uh, a left field. And he's a pretty patient hitter. You know, he he has some good raw power. The only concern here is the inability to lift the ball. He hasn't lifted a ball much um, in his career. Last year was kind of a down year power-wise, even though it was an up year in the average OBP and, and WRC plus in total. Um I look at Ian Happ as someone that isn't going to repeat that 336 bat that he had last year. But if you can get him to go out and, and, you know, hit for a little more power, um, you know, kind of be kind of a mix between his 2020 and 2021 numbers. um, I think we're looking at a a really solid uh, middle of the lineup bat. The base running is pretty good. He's someone who's kind of like in terms of speed, he's in the 66th percentile. He's kind of in that yellow light for go or no go for stolen bases. And those are the guys who are going to see the biggest increase in their base running value this year with bigger bases because they're going to go from yellow light guys to green light guys, which uh, changes your aggression, changes your success rates. Um, and, and that can help Ian have a, a decent bit with his base running value. End of the day. Uh, I mean, I look at him as someone that is a pretty good player. The Yankees, I think, would have to offer. Uh, they, I don't think they could just throw you know, throw some random guys together and say the Cubs will take whatever they want. The Cubs will take uh, what they want, and, and if they want that deal. And if they don't, they're perfectly fine letting it go to the offseason, either losing him for just a competitive balance pick or re-signing him. So um, definitely a lot of factors that could prevent a trade, but I, I would say that this is one of the better
0: candidates on the market looking ahead. I mean, he definitely is one of the better, if not the best, you know, futuristic option for this Yankee team. I mean, there's not going to be that many other alternatives, especially ones that are going to become free agents. I think the only other, like, options, like Jock Peterson's going to be a Frasian next year, and I'd rather go in the direction of Ian Happ, because he's really going to help this team win a World Series, or at least make it there. Um, now, he doesn't have that much playoff experience, he only has eight games of playoff experience, but he did you know perform admirably um, over that small sample size. Now, last season he had 271 with a 34% on base rate, 17 homers, and 72 RBIs. You're looking at him in Yankee Stadium, you're talking about a guy that can hit 25-plus homers there, uh, without a doubt. You know, 3.5 WAR player last season, 120 WRC-plus defense As you said, center field, you don't really want him there. He's capable of playing a a number of different positions. Um, But you look in left field, he was pretty good last year in left field, played uh, 1,233 innings, had about a 990 uh, fielding percentage, but 13 defensive runs saved above average and one out above average. So, um, you know, you're going to get quality in left field. You know, it's a little bit different in Chicago than it is in Yankee Stadium, so you have to factor that into the idea. But at the end of the day, his offensive metrics, he's a switch hitting bat. Um, He brings a just tremendous amount of quality um, in terms of his offensive contributions, and with that in mind, you know, he's not going to cost too much because you're getting him for the last month or two of the season, so you're only going to have to pick up maybe a couple million um, off his salary. They, they He just agreed to a one-year $10.85 million deal with the Cubs um, a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, this is a guy who would immediately improve this team. You know, you're talking about a middle of the lineup kind of guy and having him in that role. Like, if he's batting fifth or sixth, you know, where Josh Donaldson projects to bat if he ends up starting this year, he is such a better player. You know, he's going to get on base more, you know, dou- usually as a double-digit walk percentage every single season. He reduced his strikeout rate to 23% from 29% uh, last year as well. So, you know, if he can replicate his 2022 metrics, you're looking at a really solid player. Steamer projection to have him playing 147 games, you know, relatively healthy his entire career, which is definitely a, a positive. Um, he's, he's expected to hit 245 with a 329 OBP, but I think those numbers could be a little bit higher. 22 homers, 78 RBIs. Um, I mean, look. If the Yankees want to make a splash and it seems like they were heavily considering Brian Reynolds just a couple of weeks ago, why jump the gun? You know, I think and and for what it's worth. and Ryan, you can tell me what you think about this um, take as well. Part of the reason I think the Yankees don't want to make a premature move right now and like selling the farm from a Brian Reynolds, whatever it might be, is because they don't want to sell everybody just for that player to get injured maybe halfway through the season. I think waiting and seeing who is healthy down the stretch, seeing who's healthy um, in early August, right before that deadline, you know, late July, that's when you can kind of see, okay, I can I can make sure that those players are going to be healthy and whatever I'm sending on their way, um, whatever prospects it might be or I, I don't know, whatever, the, whatever Cashman... Find suitable to, to trade away. Um, you don't have to take an aggressive mentality now. You can stay conservative and make sure whoever you're getting is healthy when the acquisition occurs. You know, I know Ben and got injured and Frankie Montas had an issue, but you know, I'd rather wait and see what the market is like. Also, Ian Happ with two months of control before he has free agency is going to be a lot cheaper than Brian Reynolds, who's not a free agent for at least the next couple of years. So, you know, I think the health variable is one that should be considered heavily and definitely makes a lot of sense, Ryan. What do you think about that instead of going for some? Someone right now, and trading for a guy that you know could getting end up getting hurt within the first couple of weeks of the season, instead of waiting and see who's seeing who's healthy when we can make a trade at the deadline for probably cheaper to begin with.
1: Yeah, so kind of the interesting thing with left field right now, as you mentioned, is you know if you're making that trade, it's going to come down to the buzzer. Number one and number two, it's it's Brian Reynolds if you're making a trade, right? That's kind of what it is. Like that feels like the trade market right now for left field. And if you're trading for Brian Reynolds, right? The, every report has indicated that the Yankees would have to give up like Peraza and Dominguez, right? And I feel like that's a price tag I'd be uncomfortable giving up for Brian Reynolds. And maybe other people disagree, maybe people feel differently, um, but the way I view it is, you know, uh, I'm trading my starting shortstop, right? I, that's that's what I'm doing. I'm trading my starting shortstop. I, I'm trading my starting short stuff, and I'm trading, uh, you know, someone who has the ceiling of potentially being the best prospect in this prospect pool, right? Um, you know, Jason Dominguez is no longer, you know, the not the 18 year old coming off of a me- mediocre season in the minor leagues. This is a n- 20 year old, right? This is a 20 year old coming off of, you know, a great postseason uh, with Double A. This is a this is a. Um, this is a outfielder who has, you know, one thir- near 113 max exit velocity. This is an outfielder with ridiculous tools that every scout is like, yeah, we're seeing it at the minor league levels. We're seeing it translate. You know, it, it's no longer a matter of trading a guy who you don't know is even going to get to double A. So um, I'd I, I feel uncomfortable making that trade as of right now. Um, and, and then number two, as you mentioned with, you know, kind of where the Yankees are with left field right now, the Yankees are going to mix and match left field. I think that'll give them enough to get league average production from left field. And I, I, I don't, I don't I don't want people to conflate league average with good, right? Good production is different than league average production. I think people expect every position has to be really, really good uh, on day one. And that's just not baseball. That's just not how things are going to go. Sorry to burst your bubble, but the New York Yankees are not going to have an above average uh, position at every position, most likely. That's really hard to do. Even if you prepare yourself very well, all it takes is one injury, right? All it takes is a guy running to first and tweaking his his knee. All it takes is a guy getting hit in the hand with a pitch, right? And, And suddenly you get below average production from that position. So if you get league average production from left, field, um, you look at all your other positions and you're like, we should be pretty good everywhere else. Um, we can live with that. Again, I, I want to hammer this point home. The New York Yankees were winning games with Joey Gallo and Aaron Hicks as their two left fielders. Not even as their two left fielders, as their center fielder and their left fielder. The Yankees were not just winning games, Yankees were winning at a historic pace. And that wasn't even Judge's best stretch. Judge went off in the second half, right? So when we're looking at this team, we're looking at how this team plays and we're looking at the roster, all these things. This team, was able to go on a historic pace with a awful center fielder because Aaron Hicks is a center fielder. is not a good defender, so you can't say he's, Like, I think he's a league average left fielder and a bad center fielder because he can't play defense in center field very well. Um... And then Joey Gallo on left field, who wasn't just bad offensively. He was really bad offensively, and he was struggling defensively out there. So, end of the day, when we look at this team, right, if you get league out structure from left field, that's an upgrade. That's this team getting better at that position, right? Uh, and that's something I think a lot of people kind of forget, where this team was so bad in left field last year. Um, you know, but at, at end of the day, as you mentioned, you know, patience, figuring out who's healthy, kind of assessing yourself to the deadline. There's that chance that Oswaldo Cabrera just pops, and he's so good you can't take him out of the lineup, and you just you feel like you have to put him in left field, Right. You know what I mean? And, and you have a bigger hole, let's say at third base, and you put your assets in third. Or maybe Montas isn't healthy, right? And you, you have to put more assets into a starting pitcher. You don't know what position is going to be the one that you need the most. What if Everson Pereira just goes off in in April and May, and suddenly in June you have him in left field? So I, I 100% agree. I think a lot of people at home need to have the opinion you have with left field, where it's like let's kind of wait and see. Let's wait and see what happens at the deadline. Let's look at what this team looks like at the deadline. This team's going to change dramatically in five in, in in what five months basically. Um, that, that's a lot of time for things to change. Let's wait for things to change before we start assuming what's going to be wrong at the deadline
0: yeah I I agree I I think playing conservative now is a fine approach for the Yankees Um, look having Cabrera and Hicks and forcing them to bring the both out of each other um, is not a bad you know strategy by any means in my opinion I think it's totally fine that they're trying to maximize both players especially because Hicks is on a lofty contract we don't know what to do with and Cabrera has a lot of untapped potential we haven't really seen just yet so I am excited to see what these guys can really show us during spring training and you know how things kind of progress into the regular season and what roles they end up filling uh, down the, down the line here but guys I'd love to hear perspectives on Brian Reynolds or Ian sorry Ian Happ rather I'm so I'm so confused about all these left field options these days we've talked about so many Ian Happ just the latest one and I have to say no one's really talked about Ian Happ at all this offseason so I'm I'm happy at least we found someone something new we can discuss before spring training as uh, we get closer here but as always love to hear perspectives below in the YouTube comments make sure to like subscribe and ring that little bell for notifications um, if you are uh, looking forward to our next episode so appreciate all the love as always we'll catch you guys on the next fireside Yankees episode.